This is GSAP Conversations from the Graduate School of Architecture, Planning and Preservation at Columbia University in New York City. I'm Dina Malandraus. Thanks for listening. I'm James Graham, Director of Publications at Columbia GSAP and the school's imprint, Columbia Books on Architecture and the City. During the opening days of the 2017 Chicago Architecture Biennial, Columbia GSAP co-hosted the conference Making Books Now with biennial curators Sharon Johnson and Mark Lee. We invited biennial participants who deliberately explored bookmaking in various ways as means to produce and express architectural thought. The event was structured as a series of conversations in which the architects were asked not to present their own work, but instead to engage and respond to one another's recent publications. This podcast is one in a series of six of these exchanges recorded at the Chicago Cultural Center on September 15th, 2017. This episode features Kirsten Gears of Office Kirsten Gears David Van Severin, whose most recent publication is The Difficult Whole, a reference book on the work of Robert Venturi and Denise Scott Brown, in conversation with Go Hasegawa of Go Hasegawa and Associates, who is the author of Conversations with European Architects. Thank you, James. We were here listening to these conversations, which I have to say often are very hermetic. I think filled with fear that also our conversation will be very hermetic. So we, we desperately try to change that, but we don't know how. How do we do that? Perhaps it's important to say that Go and myself, and of course David, we are in ongoing conversation about, of course, these books, but also about the topic of this uh, biennial. We're currently exposing together at the CCA in a show called, strangely familiar to this title, I think, Besides History. Hmm? And I guess in that show, we feel a lot of affinity with uh, Mark and Sharon, of course, in curating this biennial, this very beautiful biennial. We tried to find, I think, shared narratives, uh, like what, what do we like together, what don't we like together in architecture? To what extent is history also something besides uh, our practice? And of course, the problem with history is, I think, very much that now we all all of a sudden like history, right? I mean, we didn't like it a few years ago and now we love it. But it's of course also true that many of these things are indirect. Many thoughts, many elements uh, you accumulate over the time. And our obsessions, which maybe you had over 20, 30 years. So to introduce from that regard, my side of the story, the difficult whole is exactly that. It's um, an obsession with Venturi, which I couldn't place which for some reason uh, needed a book. So together with Yelena and Andrea, we made that book. So if I look at your book, Go, I, I could not get rid of exactly that same thought. It's uh, over time, uh, you get familiar with architectures of, in this case, European architects, and uh, it's something which needs a place. So um, you start to do a couple of conversations, I guess first casually, and then after a while you think, oh, actually, this is a project, and when it's a project, uh, it has a certain value for myself. So I have a sequence, and out of a, I would say almost, I always thought it was more of a coincidence. I think the project was in Go's head for a long time, or for a couple of years. We met each other, and then he somehow decided to add us in the end of the book. 
So I thought, okay, that's nice. We, we can also say something. But I, when I reread the book, for me, the last conversations with Pascal Flammer and with us, uh, office, felt like trying to talk about the topics in the first four conversations which you somehow discovered. It was like the others, which is Alvaro Siza, which is Peter Merkley, which is Valerio Chatti, and uh, which is Anne Lacaton and Philippe Fassal. I had the feeling that that was the actual topic of the book. And the last two, uh, Pascal and us, were talking among friends about exactly these topics in some way. I don't know if you saw it also like that. I didn't know. I didn't notice about it. But yeah, in the, in the process of this book and also the process and the exhibition at the CCA, we discussed a lot via Skype. And maybe we had a two meetings in Montreal and maybe five Skype meetings. In the process, I was not conscious about it, but maybe, the, of course, generation things is very, very big than I imagined about the history. For example, the, in case of Japan, for, um, still now, the Teo Ito, his enemy is uh, modernism or European idea. So, yeah, the modernism is uh, his energy to make a new building, right? But honestly, I, I can understand uh, his, uh, his idea, but uh, yeah, already when I was a student, I feel it's a bit strange why modernism have to be an enemy, honestly. And uh, after the Toyo Ito, yeah, Sejima-san is now in uh, here, so I cannot say loudly, but uh, maybe for a moment, Japanese architects try to be, keep a distance from the history because it's a bit dangerous to say something about the history. Maybe this is a trauma after the post-modernism. Post because of the bubble economy in the 90s, in Japan, a lot of strange buildings were built with a strange facade, Greek column, and so on. And after that, the uh, people said, ah, architect is super bad people who make uh, very, very strange things and who make a strange explanation. And uh, the generation after Toyo Ito, maybe because of that trauma, we they stopped to talk about the history for maybe 20 years. But uh, we as a generation, relatively free from this kind of trauma, no? Because we don't know the mistake. We didn't experience the postmodernism itself. After that, we start to learn, then maybe late 90s, we start the practice in the beginning of the 21st century. So maybe we can be more um, honest and uh, we can open our mind always, right? So maybe this is a bit dif different from the previous generation, also in, uh, in this conversation with European architects. Also, this kind of work, maybe the previous generation cannot do that mm -hmm. because it, it seems dangerous, no? I didn't notice about it maybe 20, uh, two years ago, but uh, now this kind of generation things is uh, really big than I imagined. This is what I noticed. Yeah. Mm. No, I mean, I, I, I would agree with that. I think for, for me or for us, I think the Venturi book is very much 
And that's maybe absurd to say this here in Chicago, when you see about 20 times uh, the mother's house emulated in one or another installation. But let's say when we, five, six years ago, or even 10 years ago, when anyway that conversation about the Venturi book was somehow already in the air, I mean, you'd say, I love Venturi's houses. Now, first of all, they would say, but you office, you make rectangular buildings and squares, so you cannot like Venturi. That was step one. So, so we, I was not allowed to make a Venturi book, I think. Then, of course, then when you say, but I like Venturi, then the second which would happen that people would say, ah, oh, yes, of course, you love learning from Las Vegas. It's also my favorite book. And you love the photographs because you like Etroche and Etroche and learning from Las Vegas, it's all the same. So we understand. And we say, no, actually, I don't like learning from Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. uh, it's complexity, which I like. And they're like, oh, complexity. I mean, it's uh, this kind of badly written book with uh, small photographs. I mean, what's the point? And I think what's the point, and I think that point did not come from outer space. I think it came also in uh, working together with Pierpaolo very much and, and the other friends at, uh, at San Rocco. And gradually, I mean, taking the liberty, as you said, to, in an unbiased way, to reappropriate all kinds of architectures from the 50s, 60s, 70s, maybe 80s but totally uninterested whether this architecture would be called uh, postmodern or late modern or I don't know what. Uh, totally ignoring Charles Jenks because he never understood what he said about architecture. You know, totally ignoring, you know, in a way, all the discourse around this. And even, in a sense, and I think that's very important, also ignoring what architects say about their own work, because that's the worst of it all, of course, because it totally depends on when you read an architect about which period. I mean, you know, even, I mean, talking about Venturi, after Stanislas von Moos made it, in a way, very interesting, very important uh, monographical book on Venturi, Scott Brown, then endlessly they would be emulating the same uh, project descriptions about their own work using ideas from uh, learning from Las Vegas to describe buildings from much earlier. So I think whether it is Hans Hollein's work, uh, which you have to rescue from his late work and his bizarre theories, or whether it's Venturi or Sterling, or it doesn't matter. I think in each of these, exactly as you said, Go, it is in a way safeguarding architecture from over-interpretation, kind of, and of course then reappropriating it. And, and this project, which is then, say, presents itself as very nice, is of course extremely egoistic, huh? yeah. because in the end you create an architecture which is maybe close to what you like. Mm -hmm. Also, what, what I like in this book is, uh, yeah, of course, uh, the image, original drawing by Venturi, and also the image by Vasprinsen, and also the drawing by your students. Mm -hmm. So it's melting. This is Venturi, also Kirsten's text, and also the Vasprinsen's the sense. I have to say, you are not a researcher of Venturi. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is also the statement as a contemporary architect. But also, this is new interpretation on the Venturi, right? So this is a kind of similarity with my book. This is, uh, of course, the, a sort of almost interview to European architects, but uh, maybe as an interviewer, it's really about my conscience, right? Mm -hmm. I think this is a point of the uh, similarity between two books. Well, yeah, uh, Go, in a way I wanted to ask, because somehow you allude to that. When we made The Difficult Hole as a book, we 
had a long list of Venturi buildings, and at first we thought it's until complexity is finished. And then we thought that's not true because you can also find book, uh, buildings in the 80s which somehow deal with the same thoughts, but maybe were never consciously presented like that, uh, and so forth. So we had a long list, we made a short list, and then you take away buildings, and then somehow you make a body of work in which the family of buildings says, presents a certain architecture. I have the feeling that here you do the same. In a sense, you choose six architects. I'm sure you did not choose them because they were all brilliant, but they were all somehow together. They make a narrative. Um, so, is, but what then is the narrative, I would wonder? Is that for you European architecture? In other words, um, I think Valerio Olgiati in your interview is the only one who speaks forcefully out against, I would say, architectural culture and the, the way you would use ancestors and, and the way you would inscribe in a kind of narrative which already exists. But all five others, uh, I think us included, they, I mean, I think Alvaro Siza, with who you begin, the oldest of the interviewed, yeah, somehow talks about finding all kinds of elements and bringing them together and thus creating an architecture which always belongs to the history of architecture, somehow the cultural realm of architecture, but also uh, is his own architecture. Is that, is that the family you want to make, or how does it work in your head? I mean, is, I mean, how did you decide these six members make the story? How? Yeah. I think this is not the European architects in total, because uh, yeah, three is from Switzerland, mm -hmm. so it's a lack of balance, I would say. So it can be eight, it can be ten. So this is a, I have no reason. But when, when for example, did you say, now my project is finished? I mean, uh, you could have interviewed, say, Ram Kohlhaas or something, or, but why not? Budget, <laughs> schedule, <laughs> it's the same with uh, the building, right? Uh -huh. So it can be, it, yeah, I, can, I might make a second edition of this, perhaps. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's various reasons to fix these six. But uh, yeah, I also, this is uh, the almost uh, order of the generation, but at the same time, this is order of the interview, mm. right? So you was a final interview. Yeah. So little by little, I, I have to say, ah, maybe it's almost finished in, uh, in these six architects. It, it was time to finish. Yeah, after us, you couldn't bear anybody else. I yeah. Guess, uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Maybe, yeah, we had better to talk about why we make book. This hmm. is a topic of this simple view. Why, yeah. why you make a book? No, but I think I, somehow I think we already tackled that a bit. I think you make a book because you want to appropriate a certain part, in this kind of book, huh? I think you want to appropriate a certain part of architectural history. I think that's what you ultimately want to do. It's very selfish. Mm -hmm. So you want to say, ah, you know Venturi, that's my man. Somehow, a little bit. Huh? Uh, and then you want to say, you, you want to say, hi, you know, Alvaro Siza, huh? but also Merkley, these are my men, huh? in a sense. They're all men, kind of, I noticed. But that's, I think, not so politically correct. But, I mean, I think in a sense that's what you do. And, of course, I don't think it's so much about being the first or something. It's more about, it's my, in your case, I think it's about combination. And because it's that, plus that, plus that, plus that. And that is kind of a part of your own self-portrait. At least that's how I read this. Mm -hmm. I somehow understand Go Hasegawa better this way. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and in the difficult hole, I guess that's a little bit the same. 
But of course, it's monolithical and it has another bit nasty undertone to rescue Venturi from, from Las Vegas, let's say. But ultimately, I think that's partly why you make the books. This morning, uh, this morning I visited Fanzwa's uh, house. Uh -huh. Super good. Very good. Very nice. And uh, at the same time, I, I noticed, I was conscious, I, I have two characters. One is, I'm an architect, I'm a professional. So I imagined, if I are him, I do like this. Or this detail, yeah, it's now 21st century, we can do like this. So we, we analyze what, what we can do as an architect. So this is architect side. And uh, the other side, we are boy. I was so excited, you know? <laughs> so excited. It's a mass of curiosity, right? Finally, I can meet him. And uh, yeah, so I, I was almost like a kid. And uh, yeah, I think it's important to keep being kids, no? If we only do the practice, yeah, of course, we can, we can be a uh, good architect, good skill of architecture. We can make more beautiful buildings through the experience. But we, at the same time, we need to be kids. We need to be dreaming boy. No? So for that purpose, the book is really important to make a dream. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah, but I think for, I, 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 I sympathize with that. For the Venturi project, I see as one of these many parallel worlds, mm -hmm. parallel projects, where you're more excited, in mm -hmm. a sense, because somehow architecture is a bit boring in general. And I remember in the relationship to the book, because long earlier, before Bas went there to take pictures of the mother's house, I remember finally managed to visit uh, mother's house of Venturi. And I remember I was in New York and arranged it with uh, Enrique Walker. Somehow Enrique would join. And David, who was around, uh, he would also join. And he was very reluctant to see the house. He was like, oh, this mother's house. I mean, that's kind of, I mean, I don't want to see the mother's house. I mean, so we went for drinks the night before. And he was like, oh, you know, it's too early when you go and see the mother's house. So we were waiting for him in Penn Station for a long time. And then he all of a sudden appeared running. He said, yeah, I joined. I decided I joined. So he joined. And then he came back. I mean, we went back on the train. And he was like, this was the most amazing house I've ever seen. And I was really excited about that. Because I, I thought, because of course we are an office of two, and it's a partnership, and, and I think we are very different characters. And it works that way. But I was so happy, almost like you said, like in a boy or kid-like way, that we shared this house. And we both liked it. And we were really like, wow, this is an amazing house. And outside the kind of cultural significance of it, but just something you, again, you, you appropriated it, and it became part of you. I guess that's making history in many ways. I like that very much, maybe, as, as an ending point. I think both of these projects are in some way almost uh, a sort of post-edible in that it's not about in any way replacing the forebears, but rather uh, reframing them in, in a sort of new light for your own purposes. I think that was a very uh, interesting conversation. Thank you so much, Go and Kirsten. This podcast was produced by Columbia GSAP in collaboration with ARC Daily. You can find more information about the school on our website at arc.columbia.edu. Thank you.